Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We will get back to more NFL, some NBA, some college football leftovers in just a little bit. We'll allow more of your phone calls and allow you to win some cool prizes from us at the David Glenn Show later this hour as well. File that number away, 1-800-849-2761. Joining us now as we jump in for just a little bit to the college basketball world as NC State hosts Clemson tonight, Wichita State is in our backyard taking on ECU. Greg Marshall's squad, one of the best in the nation. Former head coach at the United States Military Academy. We know that as Army in the sports world. Also Loyola, Maryland, and Wake Forest. Now with ESPN as an outstanding college basketball analyst and friend of the program, Dino Gaudio. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, David. Uh, fighting a little illness. Sounds like you were too for uh, 10 days. I'll tell you what, it was, it was <sighs> bad. And uh, but I feel uh, better on the uh, recovery trail. I did uh, the Notre Dame. Georgia Tech game last night and, uh, you know, ready for some more good basketball this week and uh, weekend as well. So thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I don't know if we're on the same biorhythms. I think we're similar ages. We have the same initials. Uh, something must be going on there because I just got out of something that hit me as hard, you know, medically as anything in the last decade. So it's good to see you coming out of yours and uh, fighting through it. I have to ask because we I don't believe in the past ever mentioned a Twitter account for you. And now we can follow you at Coach Dino Gaudio. Have you been appropriately educated about the inevitable downside of Twitter, even as it does have a fantastic upside? I, I, I have. And I, <laughs> I just do not respond. I'm not going the, the Seth Greenberg route where somebody says something and I go back and they come back at me. And uh, Priscilla also informed me, hey, when you do your first game, you could, do, you could have the greatest broadcast ever. You're going to say something and somebody's going to fire back. So... I, I, I just, I'm not crazy. I'm not Greenberg. I'm not tweeting 52 times a day. You know what I mean? Once or twice at the most. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's good to be a part of it. And, uh, and we all know this, David. I tell you, I get so many nuggets off Twitter from other coaches, yeah. other analysts. It's, it's, it's good stuff. So I'm, I'm delving into it. Very, very, I'm, in, I'm in the low end of the pool right now, but uh, it's been fun. Well, we're happy to have you there, and we're happy to follow you there. Folks can follow now. Let's jack up his numbers for him. At Coach Dino Gaudio, at Coach Dino Gaudio, coach from ESPN joining us now on the David Glenn Show. When it comes to national champions, and I think of this with Greg Marshall in Wichita State. They just happen to be here in our backyard here in North Carolina visiting ECU tonight. We're used to seeing Roy Williams and brand-name North Carolina winning it all. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski two years ago and brand-name Duke winning it all. It was brand name UConn before that, brand name Louisville before that, brand name Kentucky before that, right? When you think of Wichita State, Coach, are they good enough, even in a Power 5-driven world, to make a run at a national championship under Greg, Greg Marshall this year in your eyes? David, I, I, I think so, and here's why. Now, here's what you have to remember. We know Landry Shamit. I worked with him this summer at the Under Armour camp in Philadelphia. He, he's a future pro, and he's a uh, redshirt sophomore. But the other thing about this Wichita State team, Connor Frankamp, redshirt senior, Zach Brown, senior, Rashad Kelly, senior, Shaq Morris, redshirt senior, this is one of those teams that has a veteran roster that might go up against some of the one-and-dones like a Duke has, like a Kentucky has. But there's no doubt in my mind that this team has the toughness, they have the experience, 
They shoot the ball incredibly well from behind the line. There are 41% from threes. And they defend you as well. Now, we know there are two losses to Notre Dame out in Maui, one-point loss. And then they played a really good Oklahoma team with, uh, you know, probably the Wooden Award, Naismith Award winner, uh, Trey Young right now. But to answer your question, I think they have all the ingredients. And sometimes these, I hesitate to even call them a mid-major program, these mid-major programs with experienced and veteran guys, those are the guys, those are the kind of teams that can go up against a younger blue blood team and take them down. And I, I, I really like this. I really like this Wichita State team. And Greg Marshall's playing ten guys, fourteen yeah. or more minutes. Wichita State at ECU. That game is tonight, 9 o'clock, ESPN2. You can see the Shockers and the Pirates in person right here in our backyard. Clemson NC State is on ESPN proper. That game is a 9 o'clock start as well. We're used to seeing those Clemson football tires, Tigers high in the rankings. We are not as used to seeing the Clemson basketball Tigers so high in the rankings. With them visiting NC State tonight, Coach, it, it, it violates most of our common sense to think, Four years of Jerron Blossom game, one of the best players in recent Clemson history, and they couldn't once get into the NCAA tournament. He's off to the professional ranks, and all of a sudden Brad Brownell has a 14-1 and team that's in the national top 20. H- how does that happen, and do you think that kind of success is sustainable for this year's Tigers? I, I, I called the Clemson-South Carolina game a couple of weeks ago, and, and I really think, and I've, I've been down to watch practices and – the, the difference between this Clemson teams and some of the other ones that Brad has had is their guard play. They have outstanding guards right now that they didn't have in years past. Obviously, with, with Shelton Mitchell, the transfer um, from Vanderbilt, Marquise Reed, the transfer from Robert Morse, this is a team that has – Really good guards, and I think that's the difference between this Clemson team and teams that Brad Brownell has had in the past. And you know what, David? There's a lot of different ways to build programs, and what what Brad has done, and believe you me, if I'm coaching again, I'm doing the same thing. He starts three transfers. Dalton Mitchell, we mentioned Vanderbilt. Marquise Reed, the shooting guard from Robert Morse. Elijah Thomas, the kid from Texas A&M. And he has a couple other transfers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Donald from Michigan, the big kid. So he, he's got he's another team with got some redshirt guys. Mitchell and Reed are redshirt juniors. Donald, uh, 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 a fifth year guy. Elijah Thomas, a, a redshirt junior. So I think they have again experience. But the difference between this Clemson team and teams in the past is their guard play. Mitchell, Reed, Gabe DeVoe have been outstanding. And Dante Grantham has picked, uh, has picked it up with the loss of Blossom game from last year's team. Grantham, one of the more improved players I've seen so far in the ACC this year. And backing up what Coach said, five of Brad Brownell's scholarship, five of his seven scholarship juniors and seniors are major college transfers. A lot of people roll their eyes at the transfer culture. You better figure out a way to benefit from it in today's college basketball, especially if you're not fortunate enough to be one of those programs that plucks prep All-Americans left and right on the recruiting trail. Dino Gaudio is joining us on the David Glenn Show. With the Wolfpack hosting, what are your general thoughts about Kevin Keats' first team when 
Man, it's just hard to explain, Coach. They have beaten two different teams while ranked number two in the nation, Arizona before Thanksgiving, Duke the other night, and yet they lost at home to UNC Greensboro. I mean, what do you see in, in terms of the Wolfpack's ceiling, let's say, in year one under Kevin Keats? Well, they're learning his system, and I think Kevin has done you know, a marvelous job. And you mentioned already the win over Arizona, uh, uh, the win over Duke. I think a big barometer for that team is your seven. I, I think, you know, the, the, the kid has a little bit of softness in him, but when he plays a little tougher, when he plays to his size, we know he's a big that's skilled that can, that can step out and, 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 and stretch the defense. But when he plays a little more physical and a little more nasty, I, I think he's a difference maker for that basketball team. And when he plays well, they play pretty well. But I, I think Kevin has done a terrific job uh, with that team. And I'll tell you what, th this is going to be a great game tonight on ESPN against Clemson because Clemson has good guards. They're going to see some pressure from NC State. And, uh, you know, I, I know one thing, I'm going to be sitting back watching that one as well. The Duke Blue Devils have a great record and they're still high in the rankings. But their first two ACC road games with those four true freshmen in the starting lineup, a loss at Boston College, which is supposed to be a bottom half of the ACC team this year, and a loss at NC State, which is supposed to be a bottom half of the ACC team this year. Coach K keeps talking about defense and depth being his two major issues right now. Where do they go from here? It feels like you can still win a national title with only some spot minutes off the bench. But I don't know if you can win a national title playing, you know, defense outside of the top 100 in the efficiency rankings, right? I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think we know this is an elite offensive team. Yeah. They can really, really score the basketball. But, but I, I think Mike goes back and forth. Coach K goes back and forth with, hey, are we going to play man-to-man? Are we going to go completely in with, with our zone defense? You, you, you know what, David? I did the UCF East Carolina game uh, on the 31st of December, and I, and I spent some time with Johnny Dawkins at their shoot-around, and we were just talking, and the conversation swung to Duke. And he goes, well, you know what? When I was there, it took us two, two-and-a-half years to pick up coaches, man-to-man -man defense, all the different slides, all the things that he wanted to emphasize and we wanted to emphasize. He goes, now, he don't have these guys for two and a half years. He has these guys for maybe, maybe five months. So I, I think Krzyzewski's wrestling with who are we defensively? And, you know, how do we want to play defensively? I, I think despite the loss the other night to Ohio State, I think Michigan State, is the best team in the country. And swinging it back to the Duke conversation, that game, Duke, when they beat them, they played 40 minutes of 2-3 zone. And I think one of the reasons they beat them was Michigan State, you know, we all as coaches spend in the preseason, you know, three, four days against zone, but we're a man-to-man -man team like Michigan State is, and after we practice against 99.9% .9 of the time, they weren't ready for the Duke zone. But, but I, I just think Mike has to figure out whether – and he's trying to, we're going to play 90% zone, we're going to play 90% man, we're going to extend our defense and then drop back into the 2-3 or whatever. But an elite offensive team that right now sitting last in the ACC in scoring defense, they're giving up 75 
points a game. They're near the bottom in field goal percentage defense. And I, I just think they're rebounding the ball. I, I just think it's tough to win a national championship when you don't defend. And right now, Duke's not doing that. Coach, the Tar Heels early this season looked like they had not one, but two of the most improved players I've seen, certainly in the ACC. You have more of a national perspective than I do. But what Luke May has done obviously opened eyes, and he's cooled off a little bit, but still is playing great ball. Kenny Williams looks like he's playing with incredible confidence and, and just fearlessness. And yet lately, the Tar Heels kind of came back to earth a little bit. They beat up on Boston College, but they lost a couple in a row to Florida State and Virginia, both on the road. They lost to Wofford at home. And a lot of the problems started after a talented pit transfer named Cam Johnson was added to the rotation. Do you believe that was just like a short-term step or two backward because of chemistry issues and working in a new guy? Or does Roy Williams have a hard time finding the right buttons to push moving forward now that uh, Johnson is part of that rotation? Well, when he was out for so long, and he's a guy that has to be on the floor for them, I think he just provides so much with, you know, at 6'8", he can shoot the three. He has uh, uh, an ability to defend. We all know this. The best Carolina teams are teams that are built around their front court. You know, whether it's, you know, last year Kennedy Meeks and, and Isaiah Hicks and, and Bradley and, and guys of that ilk. And, and I just think the young guys are just still trying to figure it out for Carolina. And, and I still think that's the way. That's the way Roy wants to play. Roy wants to play uh, uh, through his big guys. So part of it is, I, I agree, part of it is they have to figure out how they're going to implement and incorporate Cam into the lineup. But the other part of it is how he gets, you know, the big guys to play like Carolina big guys. And that's hard when you got young guys like Garland, uh, uh, Garrison Brooks and, 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 and Manley. And, and he's just bringing those guys along, Brandon Huffman as well. But I, I, I agree with you. Kenny Williams has been a pleasant surprise. And when they figure out how to bring Cam Johnson into the fold and play well with him, I, I, I think they do turn the corner. But, David, I, I think, again, I'd be remiss to say this. It, Luke May has been just sensational. Yeah. I mean, after the shot he hit last year, which the second biggest shot, I think, in the history of Carolina basketball behind Michael shot in 82 to win a national championship. He has just been playing with confidence and what a pleasant surprise to see the kids scoring the ball, rebounding the ball. As you mentioned, he had a little drop off, but he has been, he has been outstanding in the long run for Carolina. If I remember correctly, you recently called a game from Wake Forest uh, it, was I watching you on TV there? Or am I hallucinating because of my medication during my illness? No, <laughs> you're right. Now I'm just curious how that went because, of course, you know you had a lot of blood, sweat, and tears there. You have friends there. There are some tricky feelings I know about the way things ended at Wake Forest. But what can you share about you know your latest visit there? Because a lot of folks still really love you out in that part of our listening audience. Well, it, you know what? I, one of the reasons I had to leave went. Salem was because the people were just so nice to me and so kind. And finally, I had to tell my wife one day, you know, I'm going to Gold's Gym. And they're like, Coach, we miss you. We miss you <laughs> here. And I'm like, finally, I went home one day and go, Maureen, we got we to gotta roll out of here. Not because people were giving you a hard time. No, but, I get it. But they were, they were too nice. Okay, now I'm going to tell you a secret. All right. And this is just between me and you. I know nobody on the airwaves is going to see. 
when I called this the, the Wake Forest game, and this is sort of becoming a trend at ESPN now, Syracuse at Wake Forest at the Joel, and I'm going to whisper this, I wasn't there. Oh. We called the game from the studio in in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And, and you know what, David, what's happening is a lot of uh, ESPN, a lot of the right. games are going to what they call they call them Remy games, where the announcers aren't on site. Right. And it's a little harder. We miss it. But uh, you know what? Getting back to the game itself, I got when I called the game, I have nothing but good things to say about Wake Forest. It's, it's, my two daughters graduated from there, and it's, it's not a good school. It's a great school. Yeah. But a degree from that school is going to open doors for, for everybody, you know, for, for you for the next. It's not about four years. It's about the next 40. And I have a wonderful relationship with Danny Manning, and, uh, you know, he's going through some struggles right now. But, uh, you know, I have nothing good but to, but to say about Wake. But it is hard, you know, when they're on the air and yeah. you were there. It, it, you know, Seth and I talk a lot and Priscilla talks a lot when Virginia Tech's on for Seth and when St. John's is on for Franny. You did. You pour a lot of your heart and soul in there and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not there anymore for whatever reason. It's a little difficult, but uh, – I think you look back at the good times, and therefore you can say a lot of good things about a great place. Amen. It says a lot about you that you can look at it that way. Last thing for you, I hope I'm not keeping you too long, but there's one no, not at all. One possibly fun, crazy story, again, unless I'm hallucinating because of my medication. I saw a recent tweet by you about a guy that you and your staff at Wake helped turn into an NBA first-round draft pick, James Johnson. Now, I have covered this league for 30 years. I honestly can only remember one ACC basketball signee ever from the state of Wyoming. And somebody will remind me of another. But I know that your James Johnson at Wake Forest was a Wyoming guy. And he recently, as a member of the Miami Heat in the NBA, had one of those (laughs) stare downs, right? And you tweeted a reminder about how James Johnson was not your typical high school dude, right? Remind everybody of an aspect of – and he's had, what, a very successful decade now as a former first-round pick in the NBA. Just share whatever you can about that crazy story because I wouldn't pick a fight with James Johnson either on an NBA court or in an alley or anywhere else. Hey, hey, listen, it's funny. And uh, uh, I was with Cody Zeller this summer, and he was telling me he went nose-to-nose with James last year one time, not this year, but last year. And the Hornet guys grabbed him and said, hey, come here. That's not one dude that you ever want to mess with. Now, here's the James Johnson story. He, he's one of 11 brothers and sisters, and his dad was with all that, that cage fighting stuff. And James is like, you know, I don't know, fourth degree, third degree, second degree black belt. He is a tough dude. And his dad one time had a fighter that was supposed to go in a cage match with some 28-year-old year man, and the guy backed out of the fight with him. So James's dad, now James is 18 years old, a high school senior. Like I said, fourth degree, third degree, I don't know what, black belt, and, and has been in the fighting game since he was, you know, just a youngster. So his dad gives him his brother's identification. <laughs> that says that James is like 23. He goes in the cage. Now, you know, we're talking cage match and whips this 28-year-old oh, wow. man up one side and down the other. And and you know what? He is one tough son of a gun. And word better, word better get around the NBA. You might go nose-to-nose with somebody, but you better make sure when you're out in the parking lot 
that guy isn't out there waiting for you because he is one tough dude. I love that story. His name is Dino Gaudio, an outstanding college basketball analyst for ESPN. Follow him on Twitter, remember. He's new, so be nice to him there. It's at Coach Dino Gaudio. Coach, glad you're feeling somewhat better. And as always, thank you for the extended visit here on the David Glenn Show. Absolutely, David. I'm glad you're feeling well, too. And enjoy the basketball. Thank you. Right back at you.